0: Good afternoon. My name is Ray Montgomery and I would like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And today we have on the show, Mr. James Richter, also known as the broom guy. How you doing, Mr. Richter? Doing great. How are you, Ray? I am doing good. I'm doing good, Mr. Richter. I wanted to bring you on the podcast because I hear a lot about the broom guy in Indianapolis and I wanted to just really get to talk to you and then... Learn a little bit more about how you got into selling brooms and your involvement with Bosma Enterprises and really the city of Indianapolis because I know you're very well known around Indianapolis. <laughs> how long have you been actually selling brooms, sir?
1: Uh, going on sixty years. That's a that's a long time, Mr.
0: Richter. <laughs> sixty years. That's a long time. So what got it what got you into selling brooms?
1: Well, I uh, got my formal education in uh, at the Indiana School for the Blind. Uh, When I was a child, I went to a parochial school in Stark County, Indiana, which is just south of Michigan City and Laporte. And somehow or other, the uh, officials uh, up there decided that uh, a visually handicapped person wasn't going to make it in the in the public school system because I was going to have to go into a public school, uh, high school, because they, they, the parochial school only went up to the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Well, to put a long story short, uh, the uh, welfare department up here in Knox, Indiana got involved, and they told my mother, they said, well, you know, he's going to be better off if uh, we can send him to the Indiana School for the Blind. Of course, the rest is history. I spent the last. 10 years of my formal education at the Indiana School for the Blind. And um, uh, at that particular period of time in the late 40s and early 50s, uh, visually handicapped people were taught to work with their hands a great deal. And uh, at the School for the Blind, which is out on 7700 North College Avenue, Uh, The buildings were all lettered, A, B, C, D, E, and F, and um, building E, the entire uh, unit was dedicated to industrial arts. Uh, One of them was chair caning, one of them was broom making, we had basket weaving, piano tuning, piano repair, and for some of uh, us who had partial vision, we were even allowed to uh, do uh, woodworking. Okay. Look. So before we came on there, you said something about you. Ha-
0: you were born with partial vision.
1: Uh, yes. The, the vision, uh, the condition that I have, is common uh, in Western Europe. Although there's not been a whole lot of research done in the United States of America, but it is a uh, nerve, uh, an optic nerve problem that only it's uh, passed down through various generations. But it don't occur from one generation to the next. The problem with it is that it, it'll skip two or three generations before it ever shows up again. Okay,
0: oh, that's interesting. Uh, so after you were diagnosed um, with the partial vision, did you move to the um, Indiana School for the Blind?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So you said uh, there was a building that was just dedicated to industrial arts. So what made you choose broom making over the other the other choices that you, that were available?
1: Oh, I did them all. (laughs) I did every one of them. Uh, But uh, yeah, broom making was uh, something that took place in in, uh, my latter years, my high school years, uh, because uh, the kids that made the brooms uh, would take them out. We'd make like a dozen brooms during the uh, uh, week, and we would take them out on the Saturday and sell them all in the neighborhood. And at that particular time... Uh, you stopped at uh, 15 houses and you sold 12 brooms wow
0: uh, so let me ask you this how long does it take to actually make a broom
1: well the big part of making a broom is getting all of your material organized but as far as assembling it, it uh, a good broom maker can probably make one in about 20 minutes
0: 20 minutes no, that's not bad that's not bad. So back then, how long? How, excuse me. How much were you guys selling those brooms for?
1: Oh, do you really want to know? <laughs> we bought them for thirty-five cents and sold them for a dollar and a half. And boy, we thought we were on cloud nine. Oh
0: man, y'all made a nice profit on that. Didn't yes, you? yes, <laughs>
1: indeed, <laughs> three times. Man, that's a good. That's a good hustle right there. I like it.
0: <laughs> so I know you said that you there were other industrial arts that you um, also participated in, like the piano and things like that. Was that um, something you weren't interested in? Are you No, of, no, you know? I,
1: I was interested in all of that stuff. I, mm-hmm. I, I, curiosity killed a cat, and, yes. it, and I've got nine lives. Okay. I think I'm going on my ninth one now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so once you'd uh, finished your education at the Indiana School for the Blind and Visually Impaired, what was your next
1: step? Go get a job. Yeah. And that summer... I went around to probably, I'd say the biggest part of 150 to 200 applications, filled out various businesses where visually handicapped people had worked before. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, uh, it was kind of slim pickings. You know, there was only a couple of places like RCA and uh, Sears and Roebuck hired a few and uh, one of the other department stores, Wasson's department store, handled, uh, hired a couple and uh, Allison's had a visually handicapped person who' working out there. So I uh, checked out them, and, of course, all of them, them were not hiring at the particular time, so I decided to uh, broaden my horizons, and I went out to some of the other uh, places and filled out all these applications. Like I say, there was probably 150 of them that, that summer. Wow. And uh, the bottom line on all of them was, you're a nice guy, and we'd like to help you, but you know what the bud is yes yes <laughs> and so i finally decided you know the, the the thing of it is and the visually handicapped the board it was called the board of industrial aid and vocational rehabilitation service for the blind it was it preceded what is now bosma industries but they had a, a broom shop over there and they made brooms and shipped them all over the world. I mean, it was quite, a, quite an elaborate shop. And uh, I thought, well, you know, the thing of it is I can't get a job anywhere else. I guess I'll just go sell brooms. And they made them, and I sold them, yeah. and the rest is history. So once you guys made the
0: brooms at the Industrial A for the Blind, did you sell them independently, or did you guys like sell them to like a contract, or just like you something you had to do on your own? Well, both.
1: Actually, we were uh, the, the when it was uh, the rehabilitation side of the Board of Industrial Aid. Uh, we did everything. They they sold them, you know, to wholesale, retail. But uh, my sales was always door to door. So I sold them individually. Okay, and so once you
0: sold them individually, you were able to keep. All the profit or some of the profit?
1: Well, I just basically bought the brooms from the shop and took them out and sold them. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, that's a good good idea. (laughs) Cut out the middleman. Good idea, good idea. So where are you at now, Mr. Richter? So now you're still selling brooms? Yes, sir. Over 60 years, correct? Correct. Are you just on the north side of Indianapolis or do you sell uh, citywide?
1: Uh, I was selling citywide, but I've got a transportation problem now. So uh, I have to stay pretty much on the north side.
0: So you have a lot of loyal customers that frequently buy brooms from you.
1: I have customers that have moved out of the city into all parts of the United States and sometimes even overseas, wow. that come back you know, on holidays to visit their relatives. And uh, they they make it a special uh, part of their life to come and and look me up because uh, right now we post on the internet, Jim the Broom Guy, uh, Richter, uh, where I'm going to be each and every day.
0: Okay. okay, I saw on your website actually. I looked at that earlier today. And you only do you work
1: what six days a week? Uh yes what's what's your hours uh usually from about 10 till four that's pretty good
0: so how much do you say your broom's for nowadays
1: do you really want to know (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i'm
0: kind of disappointed you didn't bring me a broom (laughs) we're
1: we're still way under what they're selling for on the on the internet though uh i i get uh anywhere from 20 to 35 dollars
0: okay that's a
1: good deal that's a good deal And
0: I know they're very good brooms as well, correct?
1: All handmade.
0: All handmade. Yeah.
1: And I specify that they have to be made to my specifications, otherwise they go back.
0: Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. I know, uh, do you make them yourself or do you have a staff? How do you do that?
1: No, I do not make them anymore. I buy them through Bosma Industries.
0: So can people actually come to Bob Enterprises and actually buy a broom?
1: No, they, no. They, they won't sell them uh, through Bosma anymore, but they okay. can always come over to my house or give me a call, and, and uh, if they're spending, I'm selling.
0: <laughs> I like that, I like that um, phrase right there. If they're spending, I'm selling.
1: That's a good deal.
0: So have you had any uh, difficulties, you know, just selling brooms across Indianapolis?
1: Oh, boy. If I, if that's a whole story in and of itself. Uh, Several years ago, uh, the National Federation of the Blind got some legislation passed uh, that is titled Blind Vendors in Public Buildings. And that's when blind people were operating vending machines, selling candy and cigarettes and all that sort of thing. And I went to the postmaster at that time, Charlie Boswell... And I said, hey, I've got this little problem. Uh, the, the, we have this federal law. And he, he said, well, I've got no problem. He said, you can go sell brooms in any post because if that's a federal law. Blind vendors in public buildings, that kind of sells, says it all, doesn't it? And I said, well, it makes sense to me. And he said, well, I have no problem with it. He said, just go ahead. Hmm. And uh, a couple of years ago, we have one aggressive... Woman who works for the post office. Who taught, well, initially she told me she was the postmaster, and then I found out later she was not. She just works down there in his office. And and she says uh, she came out one day and says you can't do this here anymore. And I said, well, why not, ma'am? And she said, because I said so. I'm the postmaster. Wow. <laughs> and and uh, the rest is history. Somebody from the uh, Indianapolis Star got involved in it, and uh, the story went kind of nationwide and. Actually, it went worldwide because uh, we got emails back uh, from as far away as Australia and New Zealand. Wow! And uh, the the man that wrote the article, I was kind of joking with him. His name is Tim Evans. He still writes for the Star. Then I said, "What uh, what uh, constitutes a successful or an unsuccessful uh, article?" And he said, well, if we publish an article like yours, and we get a thousand replies back at, back on that article over a period of a week or so, we, we consider it a good deal. And I said, well, you know, if you can get a thousand replies on mine, does that mean you can keep your job? And he said, yeah. And a couple of days after this article hit, I think it was like three or four days, uh, He came, he says, well, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing fine. And he says, uh, I asked him if he was going to be able to keep his job because of that article. And he said, oh, my gosh, yes. He said, most generally, we're happy if we get a 1,000 replies. He said, we probably got 10,000 on your article.
0: Yeah, you got a lot of publicity on that one. I saw uh, the former governor of Indiana, Mike Pence, and his wife actually bought a, Brim from you, is that correct?
1: That is correct. Actually, they bought uh, three of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, that's kind of a story in and of itself because uh, uh, Mike's wife, I call him Mike, but I should call him Mr. Vice President's wife, uh, her mother used to live down around 71st in college mm. and she bought rooms for me, oh, quite a few years ago. And when her daughter... Uh, Karen graduated from uh, college she wound up um, a high school teacher down in uh, Columbus, Indiana and that's where her and Mike got together and she said well, uh, when they came she said Jim I've known you for several years and, and when I saw this article I told Mike that the least we could do is go and buy a broom from you and so Mike came up there uh, the now vice president came up to visit for a little and we had you know it was it was quite a interesting uh meeting in fact his uh, secretary called me the night before and said uh the governor wants to meet with you and I said oh no well, what have I done now <laughs> am, am I in trouble and she says no he has to go to Evansville on business uh tomorrow afternoon and and uh, his, his plane leaves at uh, 11 o'clock, I believe she said, and what time do you get there? And I said, if the governor's coming to see me, I'll be there at 6 o'clock. <laughs> and she said, well, how about 8? And I said, that works for me. <laughs> right.
0: That's a good story. It's a good story. I know that a uh, major day. <laughs> it was. So how long do you think you're going to be selling brooms, Mr. Richter?
1: Well, somebody asked me uh, a while back when I was going to retire, and I said that word is not in my vocabulary. And I said, probably uh, if you ever hear that coming down the street and they've got the stretcher all out, that's probably when I will retire (laughs) because I'm a people person. I just like people. Yes.
0: And I see you you know a lot of your customers by name. Is that correct?
1: Oh, well, some Some. some of them I do remember. And you know what really blows their mind is somebody that makes a special impression on me, and uh, I won't run into them till about maybe four years later, and I'll call them by their first name. And they say, "What? You remembered me? Right. <laughs> yes, of course." Man. And they say, "Well, how, what, what, what makes me so special?" And I said, "I only remember the people I like. I, the ones I don't like, I try to forget."
0: <laughs> so let me ask you this, sir. Now. I know when you were coming up, and even to this day, it is still hard for people who are blind to actually find gainful employment. Yes. Um, how do you feel about um, technology and how that is kind of evolved and made things more accessible for people who are blind and visually impaired?
1: Well, I think the technology is great, but I think they pretty much left visually handicapped people in arrears on it. It's something that we're going to probably spend the next 20 years trying to catch up
0: hmm. well you got a good good job right now you're independent you're definitely a great example of what people who are blind can do you know just with a little hustle and just a little bit of drive and i really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and uh, once again tell them where you're going to be at and what times you're going to be there and where they can buy their brooms from you at
1: well, um, they can if they use Facebook, they can just go on Jim, the Broom Guy, Richter, and they tell you where I'm going to be every day, and my hours are usually from 10 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. And um, most of the places where I sell on the north side are, and to put a long story short, I won my battle with the post office. No uh, thanks to Mike and uh, Ryan Vosma and some of the other people that got involved with it. In fact, one of the guys from Washington, D.C., who uh, participates in all the legislation that goes to the House and the Senate, his, his law firm kind of dots the I's and crosses the T's, and he made a special point to look me up, and he said, I want to tell you something. He said the day after that article and hit the newspaper in Washington, D.C., and the television broadcast. The next day, I went into both of the houses taking legislation over there, and that's all they were talking about. And he said, you could have ran for president that day and probably <laughs> won.
0: Wow, wow, man. You, you definitely got a story. You're definitely a great ambassador for people who are blind. I definitely appreciate you just really coming on the podcast today and sharing your story with us because you may you never know you may have someone right now at the Indiana School for the Blind or just out there listening like what's my next step because as you know or may not know there's like a 62% unemployment rate just in the state of Indiana 70% nationwide for people who are blind or visually impaired so it's very hard out there just to really just to get a job
1: First of all, I think uh, you, you must have a good attitude toward it because um, if you take the I'm visually handicapped and I can't do this and I can't do that, my mother always told me where there's a will, there's a way. Yes. And you need to find out what you can do instead of what you can't can do, do mm. and go from there, and you'll win every time.
0: Great words right there. James? The broom guy, Richter. I definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast. And the next time I see you, I got to get a broom. It's definitely a must. <laughs> Ray,
1: all my friends call me Jim. Jim, okay. And I consider you one of those. <laughs> all right, sir.
0: I want to thank you today for coming on the Navigating Blindness podcast. And if you know anyone suffering from vision loss, please visit Bosma.org. And make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and liking us on SoundCloud.